With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up? You lose your license? You lose your job? You total your car? You kill someone? Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So, if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Pop quiz. What can you buy for $3.99? Not a latte, but for less than the cost of a cup of coffee, you can get all your favorite music ad-free. While other streaming services jack up their prices, Live One's membership is only $3.99 per month, and you can lock in that price for a full year. Join now to get the best deal in music with zero ads, unlimited skips, and maximum audio quality. Get the music you love at a price that fits into your budget with Live One Plus. Check out liveone.com slash bestmusic for details. When police officers arrived at the home of Lawrence Singleton, a naked man covered in blood answered the door. The lifeless body of a young woman was laying on the floor nearby. Lawrence was placed under arrest, but this was not his first horrific crime against a young woman. This is Monsters. Lawrence Singleton had worked as a merchant seaman, but seemed to be unemployed traveling through California. It's not clear what his plans were. He claimed he was on his way to Reno when he picked up his first victim and changed his plans to take her south. His wife had recently divorced him, and he was not on good terms with his teenage daughter. Mary Vincent was the middle of seven children who lived in Las Vegas, Nevada. Her mother, Lucy, was a blackjack dealer, and her father, Herb, worked as a mechanic on gaming machines. Mary's parents were strict, and she began resisting their control by skipping school. When she was 14 years old, Mary ran away and went to live with her boyfriend. When he was accused of raping a high school girl, she decided that it was time to leave Las Vegas. It was the late 70s, and she decided that life would be better in San Francisco. 
She had dreamed of a utopia full of free love and friendly people, but the reality was far from that. After spending time sleeping on the streets or in unlocked cars, she decided to head south. First to Los Angeles, then to Corona, just east of L.A. Her grandfather lived in Corona, and her goal was to take refuge there. In 1978, hitchhiking was a much more acceptable form of transportation than it is today. While standing out on the highway with a sign that read, Headed South, there were two other young people hitchhiking as well. When a blue van pulled up, a 51-year-old man named Lawrence Singleton was driving and offered a ride. The only issue was that he said he only had room for one person. The other two hitchhikers said they got bad vibes, but being in a hurry to get to Los Angeles and ignoring why a man in a large passenger van only had room for one person, Mary accepted the ride. Lawrence told Mary that he needed to make a quick stop by his house and then he could take her all the way to L.A. At his house, Mary helped the grandfatherly man load laundry into his van, and the pair headed south. Mary got comfortable in the van and drifted off to sleep. When she awoke, she saw that they were traveling in the wrong direction and got upset at Lawrence. She felt around her seat and found a surveyor's stick that she used to threaten him. She said, quote, I can take care of myself. Turn around now, end quote. Lawrence insisted it was an honest mistake and turned the van around. He told her he was an honest man and just missed the turnoff. Surprised that he turned the van around, Mary began to relax again. Lawrence said he needed to urinate, so he pulled the van over and got out. Mary took this opportunity to stretch her legs, and while walking back to the van, she noticed her shoes were untied. As she bent down to tie them, Lawrence snuck up behind her and struck her on the head with a blunt object, and then punched her. Then he grabbed her head and told her to perform oral sex on him. When that wasn't satisfying him, he grabbed Mary and threw her into the back of the van. He told her, quote, don't scream or I'll kill you, end quote. Then he tied her hands behind her back and raped her. Still naked, Lawrence climbed into the driver's seat and drove a few miles down the canyon road. He stopped the van and continued his attack on the girl. He forced her to drink alcohol from a plastic jug and raped her repeatedly until she passed out. When she regained consciousness, Lawrence forced her to lay down on the edge of the road and used a hatchet to cut off both of her forearms just below the elbow. She described looking up and seeing a hatchet come down on her arm. She said it took three blows to completely sever her arm. He then repeated the act on the other arm. The grip of her hand was so tight that after the second arm was severed, Lawrence had to flail his arm around to release the grip on the severed arm. When I was begging for my life, asking him to set me free, and he replied, you want to be set free? I'll set you free. And he lifted up the hatchet, and that's when I, I tried fighting him off and was kicking and screaming, but I was realizing... Wait a minute, I'm still holding on to his hand, but I'm, I'm laying on the ground. And that's when I realized that he had chopped off my left arm. When Lawrence began his attack on Mary, she begged him to set her free. And he said, quote, you want to be free? I'll set you free, end quote. After cutting off her arms, believing she would die from her wounds, he pushed her down a 30-foot embankment. He said, quote, okay, now you're free, end quote before he climbed back into his van and drove off, leaving Mary to die. Mary didn't die, though. 
she was lying naked and bleeding at the bottom of a ravine in Del Puerto Canyon in Northern California. She shoved the ends of her arms into the mud to help slow the bleeding, which it did. Then she held her arms over her head because she remembered as a kid, when she cut her finger, her mother told her to hold a wound over her head to slow the bleeding. It's believed that this combination saved her life. She climbed out of the ravine and followed the sound of cars to the highway, walking, completely naked, with her bleeding arms over her head. She walked three miles before she got to the main highway. There was hope when she spotted the first car, a Corvette convertible, but they just sped away without helping her. And I screamed to stop, to help me. And I was thinking, gosh, I, I must look a mess. I'm going to get scared, and they did get scared, and they drove off. I told myself maybe if I'm nicer and I ask please to help, maybe the next people will help me. The second car did stop, wrapped her in towels, and put her in the car. They drove her to a nearby airport where they were able to call an ambulance. The whole time, Mary could only say, quote, he raped me, end quote. Mary was rushed into surgery and would go on to recover physically with the use of prosthetics, but the emotional toll would last a lifetime. Mary was able to describe Lawrence to a police sketch artist, and the sketch was published to the media. A man came forward, claiming the man in the sketch was his neighbor, Lawrence Singleton. Lawrence was arrested and charged with attempted murder and rape. To add insult to injury, he claimed that Mary was a $10 a night whore. He said that she had threatened to say he raped her because he refused to drive her to Los Angeles. He also said that she had sex with two other hitchhikers that were with them, and it was them that had attacked her. The story didn't hold much water once Mary took the stand and pointed one of her prosthetic hooks at him, identifying him as her attacker. She explained that Lawrence had attacked her, raped her, sodomized her, cut off her forearms, and left her to die. Once her testimony was finished, Mary had to walk past her attacker out of the courtroom. As she did, he muttered something to her which made her turn pale and run out of the room. She later told the prosecutor that he said, quote, I'll finish this job if it takes me the rest of my life, end quote. Once done in court, Mary's life spiraled downward due to a combination of depression and PTSD. Lawrence Singleton was found guilty of rape and attempted murder, but was only sentenced to 14 years in prison. People, especially Mary, were outraged by the sentence, but it was the maximum sentence allowed by law at the time in California. The presiding judge stated, quote, If I had the power, I would send him to prison for the rest of his natural life. End quote. Mary suffered severe depression and had trouble finding a job. She filed a civil suit against Lawrence that was settled for $2.56 million, but she was never able to collect because Lawrence was not employed at the time of the attack and only had $200 to his name. Once back in Las Vegas, she began seeing a psychiatrist and attending a special school for handicapped kids. Her father, Herb, began purchasing guns and coming up with plans to kill Lawrence. Eventually, Herb and Lucy divorced, and Herb went to live a secluded life in Alaska. Lucy stayed in Las Vegas, and the seven children spread out around Nevada and the Northwest. 
The community was outraged once again when Lawrence was released for good behavior after only eight years. He was so unwelcomed in every town in the area that he actually had to live in a trailer on the grounds of San Quentin Prison for a year until his parole was up. He had a curfew of 10 p.m., and it's reported that he only left a couple of times a week to pick up groceries and see an occasional movie. I can't imagine sitting in a movie theater watching Full Metal Jacket or Fatal Attraction and not knowing that the person sitting next to you is a rapist who chopped off a girl's arms with an axe. I believe that the world is a much safer place than the media portrays, but you never know who the people around you really are. In a bizarre attempt to clear his name, Lawrence attempted to file a complaint against Mary, claiming forcible kidnap for the purposes of robbery. It seemed that he was still maintaining his innocence and that Mary had threatened to claim he raped her, which would be a form of kidnapping, if he did give her a ride to Los Angeles, which was a form of robbery. The claim didn't go anywhere, and since he was unwelcome pretty much everywhere in California, he moved back to Tampa, Florida, where he had grown up. Mary went into hiding once Lawrence was released from prison. His last words to her was that he was going to finish the job, so it was understandable that she would live in fear for her life. It's been reported that she lived in Gig Harbor, Washington for many years, part of which she lived in an abandoned gas station. Lawrence's own daughter, Deborah, reported that her life with him was also violent and she went into hiding when she found out her father was being released. Deborah asked authorities if they could keep him in prison longer, saying, quote, I asked California prison personnel what could be done to keep him longer, and I was told there was nothing. They suggested I obtain a restraining order at the time of his release. Sorry, but I mean this quite sarcastically. I tell you he's a danger. I said that before the first crime. I've changed my name multiple times and am moving across state lines, and you all suggest a piece of paper that will tell him exactly where I am, what my name is, and not to come within, say, 300 feet of me? End quote. Once in Florida, he was arrested a few times for petty theft, both in 1990. He was arrested once for stealing a $10 disposable camera and served 60 days. He was arrested again later that year for stealing a $3 hat and was sentenced to two years. After he was released from prison, Lawrence had a fairly unremarkable life. By this time, he had completely convinced himself that he never attacked Mary Vincent. He only toyed with the idea that he may have cut off her arms in a blind rage over her threat to say he raped her. On February 19, 1997, Lawrence paid a prostitute named Roxanne Hayes $20 to meet him at his home. Not long after she arrived, a house painter working in the area called 911 to report a naked man, covered in blood, stabbing a young woman who was motionless on the sofa. The 30-year-old mother of three didn't survive her encounter with the violent man. When police arrived, Lawrence answered the door, covered in blood. He claimed that Roxanne had tried to rob him at knife point, and when he struggled with her, she was stabbed in the process accidentally, multiple times. I didn't kill her, she tried to rob me. Now, where have I heard that before? The house painter's testimony would end up contradicting the now 70-year-old Lawrence's story. After he was found guilty, Mary Vincent flew to Florida in order to testify against him during the sentencing phase of the trial. 
It was important to Mary and the prosecutor that the jury knew the type of violence that followed Lawrence and that he should never be released from prison. Mary would go on to describe how, 20 years earlier, Singleton attacked, raped, mutilated, and tried to kill her in a dark canyon in California. On April 14, 1998, Lawrence Singleton was found guilty of the murder of Roxanne Hayes and sentenced to death. On December 28, 2001, he died in prison from cancer. He was 74 years old. Many believe that Mary and Roxanne were not the only two victims of Lawrence Singleton, but they do believe that Mary should have been his last. The case led to the Singleton Bill being passed in California, which would make any case where torture was involved carry a sentence of 25 years to life. It also removed the possibility of early release. In 1998, Mary went to Washington, D.C. to testify before Congress in favor of the No Second Chances for Murderers, Rapists, or Child Molesters Act. The bill would have made it harder for repeat violent offenders to be released from prison. Unfortunately, the bill was introduced but never moved forward. After years of therapy, Mary is finally in a comfortable place and has become an artist, something people would be surprised she could do without hands. But one night she woke up and started drawing a self-portrait. It turned out that she had natural talent and never turned back. She has two sons and lives a quiet life now knowing that her attacker could no longer hurt her or anyone else. If you're the victim of domestic abuse, please reach out to someone for help. Please call the National Domestic Abuse Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. That's 1-800-799-7233, or go to thehotline.org to chat with someone online. The great thing about this website is that, at any time, hitting the escape key twice will instantly take your browser to a Google search page. In the event the abuser is nearby, you can assure that you don't get caught trying to get help. If you're having feelings of harming yourself or someone else, or even just need someone to talk to, please contact your local mental health facility, call 911, or call Mental Health America, who operate the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. They're available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Be safe. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. You can help us out by leaving us a review or rating on whatever podcast app you listen through. You can also subscribe to the show to ensure that you don't miss an episode. Also, remember that if you'd like to support the show, the easiest way is to donate a few bucks at Buy Me a Coffee or check out some of our merchandise at Teespring. You can find information on how to do that along with links to our social media at thisismonsters.com. Thanks again. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home, okay? It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up? You lose your license? You lose your job? You total your car? You kill someone? Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So, if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life 
or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Everything's getting more expensive these days. Gas, rent, and even your music. While other music services keep jacking up their prices, Live One is letting you lock in the best music membership at the best price. Live One Plus is just $3.99 per month. Get all your favorite music ad-free, along with unlimited skips and maximum audio quality. Beat inflation with the best deal in music at just $3.99 per month. Visit liveone.com slash best music to get Live One Plus now. No. Good boy. Keep your hat on, pet. Why? We're playing dinner at the North Pole, remember? So we need to wear our big warm coats inside. When it comes to food or heat, many families will face impossible choices this Christmas. Please support the St. Vincent de Paul Annual Appeal. Donate locally or at svp.ie. Thank you. Let's have a look at today's lineup. There's a strong Dunn Stores influence from top to bottom, starting with selected boxes of bottled beer and cider like Heineken and Bulmers from just €18.72. Half price Pringles are a very welcome inclusion indeed. 10 or 50 grocery vouchers doing their bit at the till as usual. All that's left to do now is enjoy the football. Dumb stores. Always better value. Terms and conditions apply. Voucher can be used on next grocery shop of €50 Euro or more. Voucher excludes alcohol. Please drink sensibly.